you can stand to your feet with your Bibles in your hand, your basic instructions before leaving earth, and turn to Psalm 121. So thankful for the visitors that's here that came to witness these baptisms, for uh, you taking time uh, to fellowship with us today. And we believe that there is a, a word from the Lord for you, Psalm 121st Division. Psalm 121. The precious word of God reads, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. And the sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Today we want to tag this text, the Lord is my helper. The Lord is my helper. Amen. Psalm 120 to Psalm 134. Those songs are known as the songs of ascent. The songs of ascent. And the reason they're called the songs of ascent is because Jews would travel into Jerusalem three times a year for three festivals. And as they traveled into Jerusalem, those who were not already in Jerusalem they would sing those songs as they ascended to Jerusalem. Jerusalem was located on a mountainous area. So they are journeying, journaling some from a long way, traveling as sojourners, excited in their heart, ascending unto the hill where Mount Zion sits, ready to praise God for what he had done in the past. Another reason why these songs are called Songs of Ascent is, is probably because as they were going into Jerusalem, their heart was ascending to the Lord. As they were going to Jerusalem for church, their heart was already stirred up in worship. And that's a quick teaching lesson for us. Before we come to the house of God, our hearts should already be, have been ascending and to the Lord, because on Monday we praised them, because on Tuesday we praised them, because on Wednesday we praised them. Thursday may have been tough, but we praised them. Friday things might have fallen apart, but we praised them. Saturday things may have gotten a little better, but we still praise them. And, and when we come into the house of the Lord, we are able to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. These were called songs of ascent because they sung these songs as they ascended to Jerusalem and because likewise their hearts ascended to the Lord. 
But here in Psalm 121, we see this songwriter, he writes this hymn, and he says these words in verse 1. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? The psalmist starts the song off and he says, I lift up my eyes. King James Version says, I will lift up my eyes. The psalmist makes it personal by saying, I, he doesn't care if Nuke Nuke or Bebe is going to lift up their eyes. He doesn't care if mama's going to lift up their eyes. But he says, I lift up my eyes unto the hills. And then he asks the question, from where does my help come from? The way that this is actually written in the Hebrew is, is, is really written in a way that we don't know for sure if the hills was a place that the psalmist was looking from anticipation or from anxiety. He says, I lift up my heels to the Lord. And then he asks the question, from where does my help come from? Is that a statement of anticipation? Is he lifting his eyes to the hill because he is traveling to Jerusalem? And in Jerusalem, there is the temple and, and anticipation as he journeys. He is ready to be in a temple. So he's saying, my eyes are fixed on a temple. Or another reading could be one of anxiety. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 23, Jeremiah talks about how the hills or the mountains is a place of delusion. Traveling through hills as a sojourner was a dangerous thing. Because not only as you go up a mountain is there a chance that you will slip or fall, but there also the mountains and the hills were where robbers used to hang out. So when one was coming up on a new mountain or a new hill, oftentimes anxiety set in and they would begin to question if someone comes out in ambush, who is going to help me? But whether he is looking to the hills in anticipation or he is looking to the hills in anxiety, the fact of the matter is, is that he knows he needs divine help. And that's a great place to be. And that's an important place to be. To be in a place where you understand that your ultimate help does not come from a person, that your help does not come from a position, that your help does not come from your education, that your help comes from the Lord. This psalmist recognized his need as he was traveling up this mountain, going to a pilgrimage. He says, where can I find help? And he dug in deep and he says, my help comes from the Lord important for us to recognize as we journey through life that help ultimately is found in the Lord. When our hearts are discouraged, we've got to remind ourselves that help is found in the Lord. When we feel like giving up or giving in, we've got to know that our help comes from the Lord. This word help is a military term, Ezar, that was often used to describe one nation coming to help an ally when they found themselves under attack. He's saying, God is my military force. He is the one who's going to come to deliver me. My help, he says, is in the Lord. This word Lord is the word Yahweh. It is the covenant-keeping 
name of the Lord. It is the word that is used for the Lord when a person is trying to communicate that the Lord is faithful and trustworthy. Don't you know that God is a God who doesn't break his promise? He says, my help comes from the Lord because the psalmist recognized that that people may have good intentions, but people won't always be able to help you. Mama loves you, but there's going to be some times that mama's not going to be around. Your BFF may care for you, but there's some things that your BFF can't help you. And some of us, we get confused, and all of us, and sometimes we get confused because we believe that our help is coming from somewhere else. Or instead of looking to the Lord, lifting up our eyes to the Lord, we begin to look for help from, from, from somewhere else. Sometimes, instead of looking to the hills or looking to the Lord for help, we look back. When life gets tough and the going gets rough, We find ourselves like Lot's wife, looking back. We find ourselves like Israel in the wilderness, looking back. Sometimes when things get rough and our hearts become anxious, instead of looking to the covenant-keeping God, I know I can start looking around. David got in trouble for looking around. He says, my help doesn't come from looking back. My help doesn't come from looking around. He says, my help comes from the Lord. And sometimes we can just discourage ourselves. Instead of looking to the Lord, we look to ourselves. We try to figure out the problem through our own intellect. But that's why Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. It says, trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding. But it's so tempting, isn't it, when we're anxious, when that bill's on the table, when that relationship is falling apart, when our friend has betrayed us, when everything that we found pleasure in no longer is pleasurable, it is so easy for us to look other places. And sometimes what we do is instead of focusing on the Lord, we focus on our sin. And we can find ourselves getting depressed and down. And and downtrodden because we're focusing too much on us. Rather than looking at God's grace, we constantly remind ourselves that we have messed up or that we're failures in some way. Corey Ten Bloom said, if you look to others, you'll wind up discouraged. If you look to yourself, you'll wind up distressed. But if you look to Jesus, your soul will be at rest. This psalmist, can you see him traveling up this mountain, ready to go to Jerusalem? And he looks to the hills, and as he's traveling, his heart is filled with fear, and he wonders, where is my help going to come from? Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you wonder, who in the world is going to help me? Does anybody care? Is there going to be a breakthrough? Does God still love me? Well, this text reminds us that God does care and that God has set his affection on his people. And when God sets his affections on his people, there is security and we should live with confidence. When the Lord sets his affection and goes into a covenant relationship with you, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be worried. 
Psalm 27, 1 says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. <laughs> I love what the psalmist says. Who shall I fear? Who shall I fear? So here's what I want us to remember. Here's, here's what I want us to hang our hat on this morning. This psalmist has supreme confidence in the Lord. And when we look to the Lord as our help, we can live with confidence in the midst of a broken world. Believer, live your life with deep security and confidence because the Lord is your helper. Live your life with security and confidence because the Lord is your helper. One of the things that I believe God wants to do in your life in order to draw people to himself through you, believer, is he wants to give you a confidence in him that draws the world to him. He wants to give you a confidence in him that draws the, the world to him. When things aren't going the way that we want them to go, we need to face our anxieties with assurance that God is actively working for you. When things, when you face anxiety, you need to live with assurance that God is actively working for you. And sometimes it's hard. And sometimes it doesn't feel that way. But you need to live with that assurance. God is actively working for me. No, my marriage is tough. He's actively working for me. Even though singleness is not something that I would prefer, he's actively working for me. Even though I, I lost a, 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 a loved one recently to death, God is still actively working for me. Even though this job is tapping on my last nerve, God is actively working for me. Even though I pictured life going in a completely different direction because I've put my faith and trust in Jesus, God is actively working for me. And he is my support. He is my helper. He is my rock. He is my refuge. He is my friend. He's not in heaven with a, 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 a javel just waiting to pounce on it in condemnation, but he is in heaven with his arms open wide as a loving father. Picture Luke 15, that father who has his eyes, his arms open wide. That is God the Father. If you are in Jesus, you are not a failure. If you are in Jesus, you are right where God wants you, despite your circumstances. If you look to him by faith, you'll experience his presence in a very real way, and you'll know that. So what does it mean that the Lord is our helper? There's three things when we look to this text that we see. As the psalmist says that he has supreme confidence in the Lord in the midst of fear, he points to three things. And we can then deduce as a result that that's what he means when he says, my help comes from the Lord. The first thing he points to is God's power. The Lord is your source for power. Look at verse number two. He says, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Now, this is interesting. 
He says, I look to the hills from where my help, does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. And he could have put anything next. He could have said the Lord who is the father of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Or he could have leaned on some other attribute from God. But he doesn't do that. Instead, the psalmist points to the fact that God is the creator of heaven and earth. Why? Because there is nothing more impressive that a person can put on a resume. He says, God created the heavens and the earth. What is he pointing to? He's pointing to God's unbound power. He's pointing to God's unbound power. Anxiety happens in our lives because when we become anxious, when we become afraid, because we are not trusting the Lord and we're not living by faith. And every single one of us struggles with that probably at some point every single day. And the thing that we need to remember when we struggle with fear and anxiety is that we serve the one who has all power. Whatever we are faced with in that circumstance, we serve the one who has created the heavens and the earth, and he is in complete control. Astronomers say, that a modest estimate is that it would take a passenger airplane well over a trillion years to fly from Earth to the last visible galaxy. There are over, to the natural eye that astronomers have found, there are over 100 billion galaxies, not planets, galaxies. God is the one who created it. Smoky Mountains and Lookout, Tennessee, God is the one who created it. The beauty of the Grand Canyon, God is the one who created it. You think of the most beautiful place in the world, God is the one who created it. And the one who has created this world is the one who has set his affection on you. What are you worried about? Satan has a way of getting us afraid. He has a way of getting us depressed to the point that we don't even live anymore. And as believers, it's because we lose sight of his power. One day, a sixth grade boy attended school for this school for the first time. His father relocated, and they, he began school. And while he was at school, on the first day, his, his heart uh, was, was a little anxious about some things, but pretty much he was at ease. He was at, at peace. And suddenly two boys in the sixth, in the sixth grade class came up to him, and they began to just kind of pick on him. And class period after class period, it got more and more intense. But as they were picking on him, and as it got more intense, the young man didn't flinch. He just kept his cool. Well, this upset the other two boys because they could not believe that they were unable to get under the new kid's skin. So what they began to do is they began to cast even greater threats to finally they said to him, after school, we're going to jump you. And not only are we going to jump you, we're going to jump whoever is coming to pick you up. And the boy just looked at him and smiled. After school, his Navy SEAL father and father's best friend, who was a Navy SEAL, showed up. 
And the boy saw those muscles and those tattoos and walked the other direction. That boy had no reason to be afraid because he knew who had his back. And when you know who has your back, you don't have to be afraid. Not only does the psalmist point to the Lord as his source of power, but we see in this text that the psalmist points to the Lord as his source for protection. Source for protection. So we know that God is all-powerful and that he can do whatever he pleases. My heart doesn't have to be anxious because I can trust him. And because he's all-powerful, if he wants to change my situation, he can change it with a blink of an eye. It's not because he's incapable, but it's because he has chosen not to for some divine purpose. And I can trust him because the Bible says he is good. Not just that he does good, but at his core, his being, he is good. Second, the psalmist says that he, the Lord, he looks to the Lord for help because he is his protection. Look at verses 3 through 7. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The psalmist goes on and he says, he will not let your foot be moved. As we journey through life as believers in Jesus, we have to believe that God will not allow our foot to be moved. Now, when we hear that, there's a part of our heart that says, wait a minute. That that can't be true because my foot has moved before. I've made mistakes before. I've, I've given up before. But I think if we look at this text in light of Psalm 37, we'll get even greater understanding. Psalm 37, verse 23 through 24 We read these words. He says, The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. The psalmist says that as he looks to the Lord for help, he looks to the Lord for help because the Lord is his protector. And when he says his foot shall not be moved, what he's saying is as I'm traveling on this journey, as I'm making this pilgrimage as a sojourner, I believe that the Lord will not allow me to be destroyed. And I believe that spiritually as a believer, we need to understand that we may slip and we may fall but we will not fall headlong. Other words, we will not fall head first and end up killing ourselves. And sometimes as Christians, it feels like, it feels like we've lost. It it feels like we're defeated. It feels like we're crushed. It feels like we can't have hope. But you have to remember that you are eternally secure in the hands of the Lord. The proverb says a righteous man falls seven times, but what? He gets back up. He gets back up not because of his own strength, but because God is preserving him. I'm so glad that salvation is based more on God preserving me than me holding on to him. 
And if you have given your faith and trust to Jesus, if you have sincerely given your life to him, Jesus says no one can pluck you out of his hands. Satan can do everything he wants to you, but at the end of the day, you're going to end up with Jesus. We may get distracted, sheep get distracted. We may get beat up, sheep get beat up. We may get discouraged, but Jesus is going to rescue us because Jesus is a good shepherd. He's the one who protects us. We need to rest in that sometimes. We need to praise God. Psalm 73, the psalmist says that he almost slipped when he looked at the way of the wicked and how the wicked was prospering and how the righteous was struggling. He said, I almost slipped. In other words, I almost was cast headlong. But then he looked to the sanctuary. That's all you got to do when you feel discouraged. Don't look within and don't look around. Look up to your help because help is on the way. Sometimes when nations used to fight uh, back in the day against other nations, they would just be going on faith, believing that the other nation, their allies, were on their way to help. And, and, and sometimes allies would take longer than they needed to, 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 and sometimes they wouldn't show up. But the good thing about God is that he always shows up. And it may feel like it's late to you, but he's never late. My grandmother used to say, he's always on time. Other words, she was saying, boy, stop thinking that God is running late. You're the one that's late. He's on time. He's always right where he's supposed to be. And a good deep thing about God is that wherever we go, he's already there. He's already there. He's already in the future. He's already worked it out. All you have to do is walk through it and trust him as your help. Don't look back. Don't look around. Don't look within. Look to your help. But there's another thing that the psalmist says. In this verse, look at, look at what he says. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. That's deep. Last night, after uh, just a beautiful day and a great long week, I was a little tired. And I looked at Amber as we were putting the kids down to bed. I said, I'm about to lay down for a quick nap, 8 o'clock. And then I'm going to wake up, I'm going to get my clothes together, we're going to get ready for tomorrow. I woke up at 2 a.m. Because <laughs> I was tired. <laughs> woke up, got some water, went, got in bed, then woke up at 5 a.m., right? We spend one-third of our lives as human beings sleep. One-third of your life is spent sleep. But the Bible says <laughs> that God, he neither sleeps nor slumbers. God doesn't take naps, which means that God tirelessly watches over you. And sometimes in life, it feels like God isn't watching over you. You've got to remind yourself that God tirelessly watches over you. He never stops watching over you. The psalmist says in, in Psalm chapter 34, he says that God constantly keeps his eye on you and counsels you. God doesn't get tired. And that's amazing to me that he watches over me, he protects me at all times. 
Because all times, I'm not good. The Bible says that, that God is good all the time, but we aren't good all the time. And he protects us even when we aren't doing where we're supposed to be. I know it's Sunday morning, we all dignified and we got our holy clothes on and everything, but let's be honest. The Bible says that he protects you and he loves you even when you're not where you're supposed to be. That's called grace and mercy. He protects you and he loves you even when you're not saying exactly what you're supposed to say. He tirelessly watches over us as we journey through life. What a great God. But here's the question, if God is so good to us, why are we looking around for someone else to be our help? Why are we looking for money to be our help? If God is so good, why are we, why are we working so much in, in order to, to not be intimate with him, even though our needs is already met? Why are we looking for joy and satisfaction in other places? He says, boo, I've got you, and I'm watching you 24-7, and I still love you. Ain't nobody going to love you 24-7 when they've got their eye on you 24-7. I'm like, that's nasty. I see what you do when nobody's looking. But God says, I love you with an unfailing love, a steadfast love, an immovable love. And the Bible says that God is immutable, which means he is unchanging. So that's how he always feels towards you. Now, when we're in sin, his direct presence is not there and we can't enjoy him and have peace. But as believers, he still loves us. And if we're believers, that drives us crazy at some point, that he's not near. It says, behold, look. Again, I lift up my eyes, and he says it again, behold, look. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. So he's using these metaphors in order to keep consistent with a physical journey. If you were journey, journey, uh, making a journey through Judea, one of your greatest enemies was not just robbers, but it was nature. It was the sun. And no one would dare travel in the heat of the day without some type of shade. What is he saying? He's saying the Lord is your shade as you travel through life. He'll protect you from being exhausted. Not only that, but he says that the Lord will protect you when the sun is out and he'll protect you from the moon. What is the psalmist saying? He's saying he'll protect you at all times. Early in the morning, if you've put your faith and trust in Jesus, he's there with you. During the lunch hour, when you're tired and you feel like putting a string of words together, that the Lord wouldn't like. He says, I'm there protecting you. At night, when you're by yourself and the moon comes out, I'll protect you. Verse number seven, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Now, as we read this text, it's hard for us to, 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 to believe this, isn't it? It's hard for us to believe that the Lord will keep us from all evil because some of us, we have had some evil things happen to us. 
friend of mine's in Chicago's brother was just killed this past week. He was shot 60 times on the west side of Chicago. And my friend is a, a, a believer. And I know it's, it hits him to the core. But how can he read this verse and not believe that God is lying? When his brother and a family member has suffered such an atrocity. And how can we believe that God will keep us from all evil when, when we've been through what we've been through? We can believe that when we read this text in light of eternity and in light of God's overall plan. Him keeping us from evil does not mean that evil will never touch us. But him keeping us from evil means that evil will never overcome us. Evil will sometimes touch us. But evil, if we're a believer, it won't overcome us. I once had a guy tell me, one of the wisest uh, proverbs that I hold on to, he says, Jamal, as you travel through life, people are going to disappoint you. But don't let it touch here. Evil can touch us, but evil won't change our heart towards the Lord. He says, I will keep you from all evil. I will keep you if you look to God as your helper from becoming an overall bitter person. And even though evil touches us, it won't keep us bitter. But after a while, the Holy Ghost will kick in and we'll become better. And the difference between bitter and better lies in one letter. Those who are bitter focus on I. It becomes all about us and what happened to us. But those who are better, the E, is because we look to an eternal God. Do you trust God as your keeper? In the midst of anxiety, I want to call you to have assurance that God is actively, actively working in your life. He is not some passive God who started everything and who looks from at his creation from a distance and who says, I wish I could help. I wish I could intervene. I wish I could give. No, he is a God who is orchestrating everything according to his divine purpose and plan. And he is faithful. May not feel like he's faithful, Joseph, sold into slavery, thrown into jail. But Joseph at the end said, What God, what the Satan meant for evil, God meant for the good. And a lot of times we misquote that by taking meant out and we put turned. God turned it to the it doesn't say God turned it for the good. He said he meant it for the good. God uses Satan as a puppet to bring us to himself in order that we could see how good and how faithful he is. Sometimes he allows things to collapse and fall apart and he allows us to walk through a wilderness and a desert in order that we could see how much we long for him. And in the midst of those times when we can't trace him, we can look to him for help and just trust him. Touch your neighbor and say, just trust him. 
I know you may not be able to trace him, but trust him. Trust that he's faithful. Trust that he's good. Trust that he loves you. In this text, we see one word repeated over and over and over and over again. And it's the word keeper. Look at your Bible. Verse 3, he who keeps you will not slumber. Verse 4, behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Verse 5, the Lord is your keeper. Verse 7, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. Verse 8, the Lord will keep. No matter how bad your life is, trust in the Lord and know that he will keep you. Don't give up. Don't give out. Don't look back. Don't look around. Look up to where your help comes from. And finally, we read in this text that the Lord is your source for not only power and protection, but for eternal peace. The Lord is your source for eternal peace. Verse 8, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. When a person comes to Jesus because they've heard the good news of Jesus. They are placed in God's hand. And Jesus is the good shepherd, John 10. And the Bible says that he promises to keep us in his hand. That temptation won't take us away from him for good. That trials won't take us away from him for good but that we will be kept. That Satan and the world won't take us away from him for good, but that we will be kept. And we'll be kept for all eternity. He says, I'll keep you when you go in, and I'll keep you when you're coming out. What is he saying? I'm going to keep you all day, every day, and at all times. What a blessing. What a blessing. What a blessing. We have eternal security in Jesus. And we have eternal peace constantly being offered to us. The Bible says that he, Isaiah 26 and 3, will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on him. If you look to the hills from where your help comes from, you have guaranteed peace. And you can have it no matter what's going on in your life. John 17 and 3 tells us how we receive eternal life. He says we receive it from God the Father through Jesus who God sent into the world. If you're here today and you're constantly anxious and you haven't found your hope in Jesus, I want to encourage you to place your faith and your hope in him. And he will give you the power to overcome your sin. He will give you the power to to overcome disappointment. He will give you the power to overcome whatever it is that you're going through, and he will give you eternal peace. So peace isn't found in Nuke Nuke or Bebe. It's not found in this person. It's not found in this relationship. It's not found in these things. Peace is found in a person, Jesus Christ. Put your faith and trust in him. 
and nothing else. Life is tough. Life is dangerous. We can't keep ourselves. Only one is fit for that job, and his name is Jesus. Keep your eyes on him. I know people are going to disappoint you. I know you're going to disappoint yourself. I know you feel like giving up. I know you're insecure. We're all terribly insecure people. But when we look to God, who is secure, we can have peace and we can have hope. And we can have it for all eternity. It's amazing about this text, as every text, is that it it ultimately points us to Jesus. Jesus had an incredible memory, and Jesus knew God's word. And all throughout the scriptures, we see Jesus taking psalms and quoting psalms to make it through. And in my holy imagination, I can just imagine Jesus going to Calvary. Jesus has been sentenced to death. Jesus has went to courtroom after courtroom after courtroom, and he hasn't gotten justice out of either one. And one morning, Jesus is, after being beaten and teased, is taking up a road called the Via Della Rosa, the road of sorrow. And one morning, a cross is placed on his back. And Jesus has to carry this wood, this cross, up a hill. And I can just see my Lord saying, I will lift up my eyes to the hill. This hill was a hill of anxiety because Jesus was about to die the most gruesome death, death on the cross. And the worst part of his death was not the fact that a cross was nailed to him, but the worst part of his death was that sin was placed on him. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be in him the righteousness of God. And as he's traveling up this road of Calvary, I can see Jesus saying, where does my help come from? Simon the Cyrene comes. He takes the cross off of Jesus' back. And he's forced to carry it for him. But even though the physical cross is taken off his back, the spiritual cross is still there because the sin of mankind is placed on him, but the Bible says that he persevered. And he died on that cross. He was nailed to that tree, and he was able to go through what he went through because he loved you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever will believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And he endured the cross because God helped him. Because God is his power. Because God is his protection. Because God had an eternal plan for his suffering. Believer, face life's anxiety with assurance that God is actively involved in your life. And look to him for help. Let's pray. Father, we bless your name because you are our help. You are who we look to because there is none like you. And this week, all of us at some point look to something else for validation. 
We look to the fact that maybe we could win a, an argument. Look to the fact that maybe we held a position. We look to the fact that maybe we were loved by some human being. Father, even in the midst of us failing to look to you, you were faithful and you kept us. We thank you for being a keeper. (laughs) I thank you for being a mind regulator. I thank you, Father God, for every time that I felt like giving up, whether as a child or as an adult, that you kept me. And I thank you that there's people in this room who can testify that you are a keeper, that you are faithful when we are faithless, that you love us with an unfailing love and with grace and mercy. Thank you for being faithful. Help us, Lord, to look quickly to you for help. Help us not to waddle in despair. Help us to look to Jesus, the the perfecter of our faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.